Honestly, the seeing um, Natalie Fiddler. Yeah, I think that's how you said okay. last. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that, like, just all the things that like, um, the uh, them and the people they play with are all tied to outside of that mm-hmm. was helping me like put faces to different things oh, okay. that I, again like through Twitter and Instagram, right. where it's like, oh, okay, you're tied to this band that I've like kind of <laughs> known and. Yeah, that was that was really that was really nice, and they were just crazy fucking talented. Yeah, and I'd never known Bouquet. Yeah, Bouquet before that either, and they were fucking great. Yeah, I, it it's so I was talking to is he he was saying that like so like they put out that EP last year, and he said like the new sound is gonna be insanely different. I'm so stoked. <laughs> that's exciting. That's always man. That's always when those um, when heavier bands start leaning toward doing different stuff. I get really excited because I know how easy it is to like not, right. you know, like it's such a, um, it's, it's such a, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a, especially like their lane. That's not generally like a lane of fans that get mad. Mm-hmm. If you like stick on, you know, you just kind of keep maturing the right. sound you have a little bit by a little bit. And so like props to them. Yeah. Nick's old band, uh, they were called Avoid. They were also from the Cedar Rapids area. Um, they were kind of like a lot of dispute style band. So, like, huh. Nick can really find that niche. And, like, if everyone, if they build the sound around that, it'll, it'll be super dope. What were, were they fairly big? Yeah. I felt like they at least were big in, like, the Midwest scene. There is another Avoid out there right now uh, that's, like, doing big tours. But they were big in our scene. But they're, okay. Because I, I feel like, because it's the lot of dispute style that made me kind of click. Because, yeah, I feel like. That resonates more with me, because when I saw the other Avoid, I feel like I listened, and I was like, this is different than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's really cool. That's awesome. Sorry, you'll learn. I talk a lot. No, so. you're fine. You'll, yeah. you'll This will be great. Uh, that's all B-roll anyway, so we haven't fully started. Um, oh, you've got it mine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I stay prepared. Oh, good. Uh, I didn't shit talk yet. Very good. Good. She's gone, said it's purgatory. Franny's candles, she been burning for me. Who's gonna burn them when she's gone? It's a Friday night convenience store, bumming cigarettes, and then we hash them as our passion slowly turning to regrets. Drive around the lake, we just trying to clear our heads. I've been living check to check, bet we dead with this debt. It's a constant wait. It's a constant wait. It's a constant wait. It's a constant wait. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers with Bands. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with Chris, the new homie, aka OK Nice. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me, dude. I'm so stoked that you're here. This is like like we were mentioning when you got here. This is a this episode is like a long time in the making. I feel like, uh, but it's I'm stoked that the for the new record, and I'm stoked that you're here to to kind of talk about it and and. Uh, bullshit with me tonight yeah yeah I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this record to be honest yeah it's been been a long time in the works though um 
I mean, to start off, for people that don't know, okay, nice, you're an emo indie rapper from the Twin Cities. Uh, like how you, you have it on all your socials. You, uh, Twin City, I, I don't want to butcher it. Go ahead and say yeah, how it uh, is. Yeah, tw- Twin City-based, uh, Red Dirt raised. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I grew up in Oklahoma. So Red Dirt State and, and things like that. And then, yeah, I love emo and, and, and hardcore, and so that's kind of become attached to my, like, online personality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're always in, and we'll talk about it in the record, too, but, like, you're always posting about uh, different hardcore bands. Like, you, I think, posted that you got the Normie sweatshirt, because uh, Normie's fucking sick as well. <laughs> so good. Uh, you talk about bad brains in the record and, like, how you, you vibe with that. So, um, which is one thing I really enjoy about, like, following you is, like, you're not just one of those rappers that's just in that lane, but you're, you use, I feel like you use everything else as like an influence and it, and it really shows. So I'm, I really dig that. Thank you. I, it's something I worked on for a long time, so I'm glad, I'm glad it works. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of where to start here. I mean, first of all, this has been a, a busy year for you, I feel like, because you yeah. put out a, a record earlier this year. Um, called uh, Have You Tried Being Happy? I think that was March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, what, I think I saw 12, 15 songs? It was, it was a long one. I think we ended up at 14. 14. Because we only cut one. And we, I think we ended up at 14 tracks. And, I mean, that came out in March. You had the single come out uh, probably, uh, I want to say it was just a month ago, uh, October 4th, yeah. uh, The Low Road, uh, which is a solid track. Um but, I mean, now you have a, a new record. At the time of this recording, it's not out yet. I think we're two weeks out. Yeah, um, yeah two weeks, exactly. But you got this new record coming out called uh, The Sun Can't Fix. And, I mean, how do you find the time to put out, you know, a full length, a single, uh, do a whole new EP of seven songs, and just have time to do everything else? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the plan. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, traditionally I had somebody mentioned this the other day that like, I didn't realize it, but pre COVID I put out two projects a year since 2017, whether that was like two EPs or, or, or a full length in an EP. Um, and then COVID hit and I did like one EP, like few random singles and things like that. Um, and then all of that was building toward like the, the, have you tried being happy in the spring? And it was supposed to be just like that. Right. And there was supposed to be, um, uh, like that carrying through for the rest of the year and like playing shows off of that and things. And, um, uh, my guy, Michael, who, who produced, uh, the, the new record, um, have really been chomping at the bit to do something. Um, and the goal was like for January, February, cause we'd done a, we'd done a record before, um, called winter tape. And I was like, cool, we'll do another winter tape. And this time we'll put it out in January. Um, and it was very like calculated. Um, and then like, life went super off the rails, um, just like, and continued to, um, and it's really cliche artist stuff of, like, the only way I kind of knew how to deal was to write, and so I ended up with all these, all these tracks and wanting to get them out, um, The Low Road with Teddy Weed planned out, like, a long time ago, like, I say in a verse, uh, oh, fuck, it's April, and it was because I wrote it in April, I was like, oh, this song will be out in May, and then, like, the, like, my life fell apart, and then, so it came out in October, um, but otherwise, all the other tracks are in the last, just the last few months, and it's just because I got hit with enough stuff that I had to write. I mean, that, that's crazy that, I mean, you still find those inspirations to, to you know, do a full seven-song EP, um, 
I do like that the Low Road was its own single. Like, obviously, you probably planned to do its own single, but coming off of uh, uh, the last full length into that single, I feel like it's a good bridge into, like, this EP, if that makes sense at all, because there's definitely the the themes in the full length, and then I feel like the Low Road, low road really sets the tone for what this next EP is going to be, um, because there is a drastic change, I feel like, in in not only the sound, but the deeper meaning between both uh, projects. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because that was definitely the, the hope. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, because the low road is definitely supposed to be, like, kind of a bridge of, like, you know, um, my guy Hex did the, the beat for that. He did a lot of the beats for Happy Tribe Being Happy, and I was hoping that that would be kind of a bridge um, between the two, because, yeah, content-wise, it's a pretty big shift. Even the way I rap is really different, because Happy Tribe Being Happy was, like, the culmination of, like, two years, some older, of, like, writing and, and, and revising and things like that. And so how I rap now is even even way different than how I was rapping in, like, early 2021. And, um, yeah, so that was the hope, was for that to be to be a, a, to be be a that bridge. Even if it's not quite sonically the same, you're, you're right about, like, content-wise, it starts to step into the new stuff. Yeah, uh, which also, shout-out to Teddy for the low road, because his verse on there is, is super sick as well. Teddy's so good. Teddy <laughs> Faley. Go listen to Teddy Faley. You can pause the podcast, listen to Teddy Faley, come back. <laughs> Uh, but like leading into the, this new record, which for people that haven't listened to it yet, like I said, it, it's, uh, the sun can't fix it's, it came out on the 29th of, uh, of November. Uh, so I mean, that's by the time this episode comes out, that's like a week and a half, two weeks that you should have listened to it multiple times. Got the streams up super high. Uh, like, like I said, it, it's a nice little seven song EP and it one. Like, I, I put this on, and immediately, the first thing, the beat goes hard on XL, uh, for just to start off the whole project. But, like you mentioned, you, you change up your rap style and your, your flow throughout this, and it does have that heavier beat throughout, which kind of, like, what was the idea behind changing your style, or was it just growth that kind of led down this road? Yeah, a little bit of both. Like, there was definitely intention. So, like, uh, Michael Michael Jones, who did... Uh, the production for it. He's out of Houston, um, and like his his lanes. He he's that I know that he's that he's tied to. Um, one is that like southern rap lane, which is one that I grew up with. A lot of stuff out of uh, Dallas and Houston, uh, basically like trunk music. And then he's also like I know him through the homie Dear God, who is a producer on Team Sesh, and like. So there's that kind of like dark, kind of gothy emo, rap like, bangery sound to it too, um, and when we started working on stuff, I knew I wanted it to be darker, um, but I also really wanted to kind of embrace um, some of those southern rap roots, and so you know, and like I think I just there was just like one message to, that I sent that was just like I want everything to have bass, <laughs> I want everything to knock. You know, because um, I think there's like this weird divider of like things like songs can either bang. Or they can be about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was like, we don't, that does, that's a fake rule. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I was like, we're going to write some sad songs and they're going to slap. Um, and, and, and then, yeah, and then it kind of, uh, Michael's really good about like taking feedback too. So he'd send me something and I'd be able to be like, bass, you know, the bass is exactly right, but like, I want something like Cynthia, right? We ended up with some cool sense on this project. Um, and yeah, it just kind of morphed into, into what we have now. 
which is really cool to like watch. <laughs> yeah, it's it was something I really loved because I've been getting into uh, I don't know if you listened or have heard of the artist uh, Night Level. I think I'm pronouncing yeah. it right. So like I, when I first listened to like Cope the first time, there because Cope and like an honest moment kind of have that ominous like emo y like background to it and I, like it really reminded me of that um because that's something i've been getting into a little bit more lately as i try and get back into rap in general i feel like i've, I've gone down this lane where i just listen to like hardcore and emo and, and punk shit all the time so i'm like oh, i need to like branch out more um which i've grown to love that shit so like hearing those in like behind your lyrics on those songs like was amazing to me yeah, uh, yeah, Knight is uh, yeah, that's a great re-entry into like rap stuff. <laughs> so like so talented and and so artistic. Um, yeah, and I think like because I think sometimes too the concern is like there some rappers have, especially rappers that like really pride themselves on like um, rap ability and lyricism. Sometimes like I, I I think that some of them are scared of like the eight oh eights overshadowing things, right? Or like. Um, in their head, they think all those beats sound the same, and it's just you know it's just not true, um, especially if you're working with somebody that's talented. And like, yeah, Cope sounds so different than like Exhale, yeah, right. Um, but they're in the same same little family, uh, but they, yeah, they're they're very different, and they set a cool backdrop. Yeah, I mean the the production on this came out amazing, and like going off what you say, there there are some people that either overuse. I've like there's a few songs that I've listened to that just overuse the 808s and like you gotta kind of finesse those in otherwise they kind of just ruin the entire song. Uh, I think I can't remember what song it was, but I went to go listen to it. The 808s kicked in and just kind of fucked up the vibe, and I was like, dude, I can't finish this. It which just sucks because like the lyrics were decent, but I was like, just kind of ruins the vibe. Well, especially like part of the wave the last few years, right, has been kind of like. Um more like at home sounding recordings that works really well with like dusty boom bap stuff um like your 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 levels can be a little off and you're like oh yeah it's art and it's intentional but sometimes like with with those more technical or more like modern beats um yeah like a, a out of like a, a, a badly eq'd 808 yeah. will just yeah throw everything off like I don't know if they're trying to go for, like, people that have, like, crazy subs in their vehicle, but I, I, I don't have anything crazy in mind, so it just sounds like dog shit. Uh, like, I got, like, I've upgraded a little bit, but, like, not to where I can bump just crazy 808s all the time. Yeah, no, I rock the, the standard Ford Focus, so that's, yeah, that, it's not for me. Right. Uh, I, have, you, have you done the, the car test, though, for this, the CP? Oh, yeah. Like, does it bump well in the Ford Focus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It passes the Focus test. So, like, all the moms out there are really set. Um, <laughs> and and, and uh, it, it's funny because, like, uh, I listened to Mozilla in the car. Like, I listened to, like, a lot of a lot of hardcore and just, like, stuff that I, like, I don't mind if it's, like, muddy. Um, but this one I was pretty, like, uh, uh, pretty intricate in being sure that it passed that test. Because I know, like, I know there are dudes who, like, have good car systems that are gonna throw this on and want it to bang a certain way. Michael's one of them. Michael, Michael's one of them who will probably be the most judgy of, like, <laughs> did we get this engineered right? Because that man is, he's from Houston. So, like, his car knocks. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think it passes the test. Oh, that's good. I think I was watching, I found this TikTok one day, and it was, like, some producer, and I want to say he was talking about, oh, like, a 90s, like, punk rock band. 
for some reason Nickelback comes to mind, but I don't feel like it was Nickelback. I don't know why, but he was like, yeah, like we we were mixing it and it didn't sound right, so we went out to my car and they basically mixed it off his car like stereo, and it, I think it was just like a little Honda Civic or like something something dumb that you wouldn't want to do it in, and they mixed the like the entire record off of that. That's awesome. Uh, but I mean, monitors will deceive you. <laughs> Everything sounds good in monitors, man. Right. Uh, so at the time of this recording on this upcoming Friday on, what's this Friday, like the 18th? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 18th, you're releasing the, the first single off this uh, called uh, An Honest an honest Moment, which you're only doing one single for this. Why Why this one? Yeah, um, so... Uh, well, our friend, our friend Gabe Reasoner, uh, had several messages from me debating this. Um, and because part of it was we, we went around with the idea, and I always say we because there's just a small group of people I throw everything at. Okay, nice is just me, um, technically, but there's a little cabal of people that I throw things to because I'm indecisive. And um, part of the debate was like, do we do no singles because it's so different, right? Is it would it be cooler to just be like, here's this project, um. And I think, you know, if we had, we had made the choice in in May when we started talking about this project, I'd have said that. Um, but over time, this thing has, like, ended up meaning so much to me personally and, like, carries a, a, a personal weight with it that I don't usually have attached to my, to my work. Like, that it felt like I wanted people to know what they were getting into, right? Um, I wanted people to understand that this is something different and it's uh from everything from like the flows on that track in particular are very different than things i've done before and that like made it stand out to me um but it's also like this very raw song and and i'm someone who like i make honest music but even for me (laughs) this like gets into uncomfortably honest um and i think like uh for this being maybe not the most uncomfortable like subject and things i'm honest about on the project it is the most uncomfortable one for me. Um, and it just felt like, well, let's just start there, you know? Um, let's, like, let's, let's start the conversation with, with that, with the thing I'm most uncomfortable with. I mean, that, that's one thing I really appreciate about your, your projects and the work that you put out. Cause I went through and especially like leading up to this, I went through and kind of started at the beginning, kind of worked my way through everything to kind of, you know, get the full understanding of like who okay nice is at the end of the day and that's that's one thing I, I really enjoyed was just the the honest and like real person that comes through in these in these uh, lyrics and songs because there's a lot of rappers out there that you know act like they they're they bang all the time or like they they talk about shit that's not real and like to have someone do that and put that emotion into it, it i mean like like we we've talked about, we're both into emo hardcore. Like those guys are always doing it. Why can't rappers do it? And you're doing it, and you're you're making it worthwhile, and it adds a whole other element to it. Yeah, I think um, it's it's definitely definitely like a good chunk of it is fueled from like <laughs> from like listening, especially to hardcore. You know, um, I, I think a lot about how hardcore like exists in that space of. Um, you know how many? You know how many times have we had people say like, "It's just shouting. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't like it. It's just yelling." <laughs> right. And like, if they were to read it though, half the time I'm sure you'd have somebody like, "What a good poem," you know. Um, 
and, and that always stood out to me uh, as far as, like, the sound goes. Because I think we, too, think about, like, um, if I, you know, if I were to say some of the subjects I talked about, some people might imagine, like, Phoebe Bridgers. And I love Phoebe Bridgers. Like, just to be very clear. Uh, I love Phoebe Bridgers. Like, one of the most amazing musicians of our time. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily set it on, like, um, like, a hardcore or rap or almost any, like, uh, more aggressive subgenre backdrop, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and always think about the, like, the why not of that. Um, there's a, a, a rapper named Billy Woods who, like, is, like, at the head of the, the, the indie rap movement, as, as I understand it, <laughs> right now. Um, and he's so good about, like, the, he talks about these, like, insanely heavy personal things and world things, um, but he does it on this really, like, interesting, like, kind of aggressive, but also artsy backdrop. And, like, that to me was, like, this, the, the blueprint for everything of, oh, serious or, like, personal rap doesn't have to sound a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was, that was kind of a, a, an aha moment. Because if you listen to, like, anything I made, even before the last record, um, all of my, like, really personal stuff, you could tell. Because the beat was really soft. Like, there was, it was just this very clear moment of, like, right? Someone would kick in, like, oh, this is the personal <laughs> soft song, right? Like, um, and I'm still a sucker. Like, personally, I'm a sucker for that. But, you know, by and large, that gets really predictable. Um, but that, yeah, that informed a lot of what I do, um, now of like, oh, it doesn't have to be, you know, the personal moment. It can all be super personal and just also be good songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, you excel in that in, uh, I mean, I think about like cope in general, like just them saying, oh dude, you look nice today. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, I'm like fucked up in the head, but I got a pretty face to kind of like deal with it and like dealing with all that, like, uh, but I mean, just throughout, like the the themes that you have throughout this whole record, this um, just just rely on the realism, and uh, I mean, it's I think it's just very well done. And then also, you're doing that, but also the songs bang too. So like, it, it's the best of both worlds, especially like as a kid that like we've talked about. Like I mainly just listen to emo shit, but I also love stuff that like hits hard. Uh, so like it's it it works well and I'm I can't wait till this is fully on streaming so I can just play it in the car, because uh, I've just had to like listen to it off my computer since I've gotten it but like yeah I'm I'm ready for that moment yeah yeah I think um I'm excited to see how people you mentioned cope a few times I'm excited to see how people respond to cope because I felt really nervous about cope um because I personally love that track um but it, yeah it gets it gets pretty dark it gets kind of yeah. it gets kind of ugly. Um, so I hope, I hope everybody also wants to stream it a lot. <laughs> I think if I, if I hadn't listened to anything that, like, Knight had put out, then it'd be a little bit, you know, kind of difficult or, like, weird to get into, but I have that, like, buffer where I'm like, okay, like, this guy's talked about <laughs> fucked up shit. Like, I can, I can deal with this and, like, and everything. So, like, I, I really did cope. I think it's probably one of my top songs off of this, um... I'm also gonna make a playlist and throw some night on there for people like the <laughs> the 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 sun can't fix it buffer playlist. Like. Right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, we're we're talking about all these themes throughout, but like, if if someone's like, like, what's what would be your your like pitch to someone to like get them to listen to this? Like, what's something that they can get out of it? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I write, uh, I really, I believe in, um, like artist statements, um, for projects and, and things like that. And, and, and the one I wrote up for this, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a project about grief and loss. Um, and specifically it's a project about grief and loss from someone who is in the middle of it. Um, so like, there's no, you know, there's, there's no answers. (laughs) Um, there's, there's not even like a lot of hope. (laughs) Um, but I think it's, it's honest about what it feels like. And, and I think sometimes even this is, this is really relevant to my life, uh, this week in particular of like, sometimes when, when we're in grief, like there's a lot of feelings with it. And then there's a lot of feelings like no one wants to admit to in it. Right. Like no one wants to, to lose somebody. And then their first thought be, I'm really pissed at that person for dying. Right. Like no one, (laughs) no one ever wants that to be like the first thing they say. Right. Like, um, and like, I talk about that on this record. Like I talk about kind of those ugly feelings of it. And I, and I hope that, that people can listen to it and, and kind of have a little bit of validation, you know? Um, like, I don't think any of it's shocking. Like, I don't think it's going to be anybody's like, ah, I've never thought of it that way. But I do think it's going to be a little bit of, uh, or I hope it's a little bit of affirmation for people who are, who are in it um, and, and feel kind of lost in grief of, right? There's no, like, linear process through it or steps or anything like that. It's kind of just a big circular mess. Um, but at least we can make some good songs about it, right? <laughs> uh, and, and then one thing I, I, I noticed too is like, like we were talking about the low road and, and the previous uh, full length, like you have a lot of good features on there um, between like the whole catalog of, of, of songs you put out. Uh, for this EP, besides, you know, the Gil Parade, you have... I'm guessing I know who who does a little bit of screaming in there, uh, but other than that, you, you keep it basically just yourself. And what was the idea also to like not have any features and just keep it on your shoulders? Yeah, originally I wanted features. I wanted a lot of features. Uh, originally I saw this kind of as my opportunity to like um, kind of take it easy. You know, um, I wanted to plug in some of the the new rappers I've met through the last year and like. Um, plug in some of my favorite rappers that I, I want to hear get on these kind of beats. Um, but when it did kind of shift in May to being a lot more personal, um, you just don't see a lot of the room there for people. Um, and even with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the supporting vocals, uh, there are some supporting screams from, from Gabe, from Careful Gaze. Um, even those, uh, originally I was going to do, um, but we still had a couple days of recording left and I have not done that like in a, in a official capacity <laughs> in a long time. And I thought, man, if I just fry my voice and I can't get like good takes, I'm going to be pissed. Um, and, and Yay came in super clutch for those. Um, but even then it was really like, you know, uh, Gabe had a, a really intimate understanding of what this project was and what it was about. Um, and so I felt like kind of comfortable handing, handing that, um, to them for even something as small as kind of those, those backing vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it just didn't, it just didn't feel right though to, to kind of 
saddle someone else with that grief too. You know, not that anyone I know would have been like, "Woof, you really like burdened me thinking about like <laughs> how your life has been this year." Um, but there is a certain level to it, right? Of like, um, if if I had somebody who I know is just a really great rapper come on and bar out, um, but they're not in that same headspace, I think you can tell sometimes, you know. Um, and that's no fault of theirs. It's just uh, just how these kind of projects work. But no, originally I was hoping to have to do way less work on this thing. Like I was hoping to have like half of a verse on every song, and then everyone else did all the work. Uh, for for this EP as well. Like, is there any song that would have like that completely changed from like point A to point B? You know, um, it was probably exhale. Um, the very, the opening track, uh, because that's the first beat Michael had sent me. And that was probably back. That might've been January. Um, cause he sent me that and I kind of given him my spiel that I gave, uh, a, a lot of friends while we were getting ready to get the record out where I was like, I have everything else on pause. I'm focused on this record. Um, and I started toying around with ideas with it and, um, I got a few lines down, a few more, came up with the, like, repeating phrase of the, um, that's fine, and then when we were in, uh, when I was in the, um, the studio with Andrew Hill, who has done, he recorded the album and engineered the album, and then he recorded and engineered this one, um, and we started to play around with those clips of, like, the breathing exercises and things like that it led to some edits and, and so there was like a lot of shifts over the course of like January to September when we, when we wrapped everything. Um, and it definitely had the biggest, uh, shift over time. Uh, Cope probably had the like second cause it was kind of the same until we recorded. And then we were kind of doing backflips, trying to figure out how to make it work. Mm. Like every day we'd walk in and do something, to, <laughs> something to cope. Um, and we couldn't get it, like, we just couldn't get it, and then we finally, finally something, like, like, snapped for Andrew, where he kind of went, okay, I got it, um, and it worked out, and it, it, it probably did the most changing in, like, a short amount of time. Uh, I like that you bring up the, like, the audio clip of, like, um, in ex- Exhale, where it's, like, just talking about, like, your breathing and stuff like that, because I felt like that was very good, u- like, that was used wisely, because it really sets the tone for like what you're about to get into because it it like plays and it sounds more like um like someone's trying to call like in my my eyes obviously you probably had a different idea or might have had a different idea but it, to me as like the listener it was more like they're sitting there trying to tell you to like calm down but you have everything else happening in the song where you're just like kind of over it and you're just trying to like get past it uh and then it kind of sets the tone for like how overwhelmed you're already going to be for the album, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, that's exactly, with with that cope, and then um, how the the record ends, the very last thing the record ends on, which I, I won't spoil for anybody, but how, like, uh, my exact words to Andrew were, I want people to feel as anxious as I do. Um, and that goes for, like, the, the, the guitar on, on Exhale, um, cause that guitar's kind of great. <laughs> like when I listened to that, I had to listen to that beat like on end trying to write to it. I was like, this guitar kind of gets to you. Um, I, is, is it wanted, yeah, I wanted people to feel tense. Like I, I wanted people to physically feel uncomfortable. Um, and I love like, I love that music and sound can do that to people. 
Um, and, and, and part of it too, right, is like, there's this recurring theme throughout it of like, um, like I know about mindfulness, right? Like I, I go to therapy regularly, have for a long time. Um, I do all the things I'm supposed to. Um, and I believe in those things, but they're not the answer to everything, right? Um, and, and it was really important to me that we started with that kind of clip um, to make that, that, that theme really, really clear from the jump of like, I'm not going to tell anybody here that the answer is in deep breathing, right? Um, like deep breathing's right, has a place, but that's not what we're talking about on this record. Yeah. I, like, like I've said overall, the, this, this EP is, is great and I've enjoyed listening to it and like connecting to it on different levels. Um, or is this a sound that you're planning on like sticking with? Uh, like we had mentioned, you changed up your, your kind of like flow from the the previous record to this. Is that something that you're, you're now like in that mindset to do, or are we just leaving it up to what we'll see next? Um, I mean, if anything, if, if, if I've learned anything this year, it's like best laid plans. Right. <laughs> um, I think right now it's, uh, I've got a few, few things I'm working on. Thankfully, that are like joint projects with other people, so I don't have to make these decisions yet. Um, but the, you know, when I circle back, I've had the thought of like trying to figure out where that bridge is from some of the stuff on Have You Tried Being Happy and the stuff on this project. Um, and I think truth, like to me, that that like the secret <laughs> lies in things like Hypno, because Hypno exists in this kind of weird, or not, uh, excuse me, that's the beat name, uh, an honest moment, uh, oh, given trade secrets, uh, the beat name is Hypno, and uh, it's drilled into my brain forever, and that's part of being a rapper, um, the, the beat for an honest moment um, exists in that weird kind of space where it's like, it's not really that boom bap by any means, um, but you can see it on a boom bap record, um, but then I also do a double time flow on it, right? Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I think my hope is to have the space to like play around with that. At the very least, to have the space to like find beats from each of the worlds I've existed in that stack up nicely, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and play off of each other really, really well. The last um, Earl Sweatshirt EP, I thought did that really, really well. Um, and I was like, I was floored by it because the production on it, if you gave me that list of, of beats, I'd have been like, eh, I don't know, these aren't the same project. And then the way Earl worked on them is like, oh, no, they are the same project. Uh, <laughs> oh, those are perfect. And I think that's my hope, is to figure out how to do that with the, the different producers I work with. Yeah. Definitely want to do more stuff like this. Yeah, I, I'd love to see what you do bouncing off of this, whether it's like a it's like a part two or, or, or a full length. Cause, and one thing I'm realizing, too, is like, for people that have seen the artwork, like it's, it's I mean, the, the name of the, re- the record is The Sun Can't Fix, but we see like a dark, it's nighttime on this house, um, and it's kind of how we talked earlier, uh, where this is like a change of sounds for, especially this year, uh, for Happy's, you know, album cover, it's like daytime, and like there's a, there's that fire going on, this is kind of like the complete opposite, um. So, but I really would love to see like what you do next in like a longer format. But this EP has come out great. I've, I've enjoyed listening back to it. I think from the time I got home to when you got here, I probably listened to it three times. It's a nice, quick, and easy thing to listen to, but it's also something that I enjoy going back and repeating. Yeah, I you know I talked a lot of shit too about like I've got like 
several three, four minute songs on here because that's not usually my jam. <laughs> and I still end up with like a 20 minute record. <laughs> it's because I found like super short ones to sneak in there. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm interested too. I, I got my boy Zepeda who, who did work on, on Happy um, in the Midwest Emo this last year. Um, and he is not like, he is, he is a like, um, he's a rap dude through and through, like big MF Doom fan. Um, and he started doing some like guitar work on some beats. And so who knows? Maybe that's the next, <laughs> maybe that's the next weird thing we step <laughs> Get into. Get a little twinkly emo we've in been, there. We've been playing with it. I'm a sucker for those guitar sounds. <laughs> dude, so. right? Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm hoping to let things breathe a little bit. Um, but Michael, he'll, if he hears this, he's going to send me 20 beats. Uh, he's always ready to work. He's always ready for the next thing. Um, and so there'll, there'll for sure be something. Oh yeah. Do you plan, like, besides just doing like the same sound, do you plan on any releases next year? I know we were talking earlier how you were doing like two a year at some point. Um, or are you going to take 2023 and kind of ease into it? Yeah. I, I was planning to do another big project in fall 2023. Um, but that was when this year's timeline looked way different. Um, and so, uh, right now it's a little bit up in the air. I got, um, a couple, like I said, I got a couple joint projects I'm working on that I'm really excited about, um, that are kind of the main, main focus. And then, uh, maybe, maybe an EP for the fall, probably not a big record next year. Um, and then working toward another, like really big record with, you know, with, with top features and things like that. With with uh, the song can't fix, um, is there anything that I might have missed that you for sure want the people to know about for this EP? Um, so so probably yeah. So probably around the time that this airs, there'll be um, there'll be the song can't fix it cassettes. Oh fuck it. Um, so we we were able to do some physicals for it, um, which I was really excited about. I think it's like the first physical that like. Uh, Michael's put out and so that's like always it's always really exciting it's really it's such a cool thing to have like the thing you made in your hands right um and so uh yeah so there hopefully be cassettes um and yeah I mean I just I hope it's a record that it's always really risky dropping toward the end of the year um and I had some people tell me that I should not do that um and they are they're right uh but (laughs) you know it's uh it it's an important record to me, and and it's a very personal record, um, and I I hope people uh, give it some time to 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 digest a little bit, um, even if it if it if it feels like it clicks right off the bat. I hope people sit with it in the way that that I that I intended it to be, right? Like I think every artist is like my I intend for my music to be listened to thoroughly and people to 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 sit with it for a while, but like this in particular is one where um, I hope people like. If they feel uncomfortable, I hope they sit in that a little bit, right? Um, I hope there is some level of, of like introspection and thinking, once the record stops, um, like that's that's a goal. It's a big ask because it sounds like homework, uh, but <laughs> that is that is what I hope. Yeah, and then the next week, everyone have your essays ready to turn in. And it's, I do teach, and so like <laughs> if, if anybody like wants to turn in a thesis, I'll give bonus points. So. Do your students know that you rap on the side? Uh, they do. They do know that I rap. They don't get the name of it. Uh, the last day of class, I'll put it up on the board for anyone who wants to uh, wants to check it out. I don't say anything about it, um, but it's kind of become one of those things where uh, I've taught long enough 
that it gets around eventually because I used to not say anything and now it gets around. Um, and so I get, a, get ahead of it and it's like, but we don't, you don't need to know about it until, until I, for right now, I need you to like read your novels and, and talk about poems in class. And, and then when, it, then when it's over, then I'm like, all right, now go buy merch because I make no money teaching this class. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're, and they're always like, um, because I teach at a a, a a private Christian college, which, uh, if you listen to my music, is not what you would guess about about me and and where I teach. But you you know you go, <laughs> you go where they got openings, and um, so the the mixed bag of responses is always really fun. Like the following semester, when I see someone in the hall, because it's either like, hell yeah, someone who's like me, or someone who's like you are for sure going to hell, um, and that's like yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh. Uh, so as as we kind of transition here, um, this is obviously beers with bands. Uh, so this is my beer segment where I I just ask what you're drinking on this fine Tuesday. I know what you're drinking, but the listeners <laughs> don't know what you're drinking. Uh, I am drinking a uh, 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 first place Pabst Blue Ribbon, uh, top of the line. You can't go wrong with with a it's- nice cold PBR. You really can't. It's such an easy thing. I used to be one of those people who would would be snobby about it. And I don't know anything about beer. Like I'm, I'm a I, when I drink, I'm a whiskey guy. Um, I had to get into beer because I I lived in the Midwest. Um, and then when I started drinking it at shows and stuff because I didn't have any money, I was like, this is so easy. This is so easy to drink. Like uh, PBR hams. Like no, no. There's no reason to spend money on on beer, especially at shows. Oh, Anyone yeah. who's drinking like a, a an expensive beer at a show, you're not impressing anybody. Yeah, if you if you ask for a beer at a show and it comes in a glass, I don't know if you should be at that show. Uh, <laughs> this was this goes against all of my like divey, uh, uh, blue collar nature, but I really like old fashions. And there was a long time in my alcohol consuming experience where I was just at places that had old fashions. I was at the Triple Rock. For those of you who don't know, uh, uh, a now closed um, like metal punk club that had pretty gritty bar staff, and I asked for an old fashioned, and I thought he was gonna just beat me. Uh, and I think that might have been one of the first times where I was like, "Oh, PBR is cool," uh, <laughs> but just you know, I was so like I knew what I liked. Yep. Um, but yeah, no uh, shows are not the place for an old fashioned. Yeah. I've, I've discovered. I think the the time that I really fully got into PBR was, um, I think it was actually the first time I booked Charlie Siren in Iowa City at like at Gabe's in Iowa City. So for the Iowa City folks, that's like the go to, my favorite go to uh, venue for pop punk emo whatever. Um, but as a promoter, I found out you get the same drink specials as the bands playing. So it was dollar drafts, and I had put a card on like. Like, I was paying with a tab and everything, and I, I had, like, probably four by then, by the end of the night, and I was like, okay, like, can I close out now? Because I figure, you know, that's probably three bucks a pop, and they're like, no, that's, you're at four dollars, and I was like, well, fuck. Uh, so, you know, love it. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's my favorite thing about playing in uh, in Wisconsin. Was how is how cheap everything all the all the all the booze is in Wisconsin. Mm. I think the first time we ever played in Eau Claire, which is a little college town. We went out and there was and there was a deal going on, but we got whiskey cokes, 
and we spent like it was like paying for gas in the nineties. <laughs> like it was it was so so cheap. Uh, you know. And so it's like, well, why wouldn't I make horrific decisions right now? Right. Uh it's it's wild. it's it's a beautiful moment when you realize when you realize that. Yeah. Well, it, like I've lived up in the up in the cities now like 3 years and in July I went home for my friend's bachelor party and we went out to go bowling. So, I mean, bowling alone in the cities is going to cost you a decent amount being in like a small town in the Midwest. Well, the Quad Cities in the Midwest, it's still it was only like Maybe like seven bucks and that included shoes and i like i started i started with double fisting pbrs and i was like you know what screw it like i'm drunk enough where like i'm gonna switch to like mixed drinks so i started double fisting rum and cokes and i had a decent amount i wasn't driving i didn't have to worry about it and i was like oh man my tab's gonna be like fucking 60 bucks it was like under 19 dollars, and i was like i miss being home like it, it would have been so much more here in the cities it, yeah yeah I, I've heard that from, from a few folks from, like, yeah, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, the, they, they missed that. Oklahoma, everything was always expensive anyway. I don't know. That's why they drank cores down there. Uh, well, now now we're in the, the later half of this episode where we kind of just talk uh, fun, ta- fun stories from shows, uh, any, like, tour runs you would have done. Uh, I know you went to Brooklyn uh, recently. Um but just like, basically fun fun stories from your time in music. Yeah, um, man, we've had some. <laughs> they're always goofy stories. They're the worst stories, but they're 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 very dear to me. Like, um, when we were when we were starting out, we played in um, Duluth a lot, and Duluth is still one of my absolute favorite places. I haven't got to play there since since COVID. Um, so if you book in Duluth and you you need some rap acts, holler at me. Um, Duluth was always funny because like it's the only place I've ever had like enjoyable like hecklers is in Duluth because um, everyone's there for a good time everyone gets super ham and then but we were doing a song I had this song called Serious Outro which was this very soft song about my grandparents um, and, and, and depression <laughs> and like in the middle of it this arm just reaches out from the crowd and cheers my beer, <laughs> like while I'm performing and like just trying to like rap about my grandpa's depression and keep a serious like persona, as this man's arm just emerges from people, just to cheers me and it was just one of the most difficult things in my life to like keep a straight face because it's like the whole mood is gone now, <laughs> and he thought he was really helping me out, um, but it really that's like that's the people of Duluth really, um, and that you know that one is always one of my first like memories in there and that was also i think the last time we we're like no more soft songs and shows if something goes off the rails we're uh we're in trouble um from 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 jay and i's band days jay um jay is uh one of my best friends he's a longtime music collaborator and he he plays live with me he does um he plays on a drum pad and does some some essentially djing um things and he and i um we played way back in the day when we first met we played in a metalcore band together and the very first show we played at Station 4, which was this really great, really disgusting big venue, um, they didn't have any ventilation. And we didn't know that. And we're these little, like, baby-faced people. Jay especially. Like, I'm, I'm four years older than Jay. Uh, but we're, like, baby-faced and everything. Like, this is what gigs are like. We were so sweaty, and our guitarist, like, 
his arm kept kept slipping on his guitar because he was so sweaty. And we're all just, like, dropping stuff because there's just so much sweat everywhere. And then, what, two years later, Station 4 gets shut down for, like, poor ventilation <laughs> and, like, condemned. Um, and we just thought, like, we were gross, you know? Um, probably the hardest set we've ever, like, done because there was just so much sweat everywhere. And it was just, it was so bad. Um, yeah, I mean, and and, yeah, we just, like... We're really the most... You never realize how boring you are until um, you're, like, out being a musician. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, me, Jay, and our boy Hex would usually travel to shows together. Um, and then we just kind of end up being, like, old people afterward and just, like, drinking and grumbling about things. Um, like the price of beer. Um, but, yeah, Brooklyn was really cool. Brooklyn was a lot of fun. Uh you don't remember you're from the Midwest until you're not in the Midwest anymore. You're like, oh, these people legitimately, like, stay up late and are, like, yeah. going ham. Like, there were dudes who were, like, way old. I'm in my 30s, and there were dudes way older than me who just were, like, making me look like a chump uh, at 2 in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, y'all are a different breed. I, I just had find a friend a that was in, like, New York, and I guess they were staying in, like, New Jersey, but they were still going out in the into the city for like Halloween weekend and I think it was like 10 o'clock and I was sitting probably on the couch or getting ready to go to bed because I'm an adult sometimes uh and they were like oh yeah like we're just now going to go out to these bars I'm like it's 10 o'clock like being here in the midwest I'm like why would I go out at 10 bars are going to close at 2 I might as well just stay home like it's not worth it I, I, I talked to her like the next day and she was like yeah we didn't get back until like 5 and I was like what are you doing well, they, like, do stuff the next day then, too. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's the... the I would have slept all day. They're so high-functioning. Uh, yeah, that's the um, that's the wildest part. They told us when, when we got that, that show book, they were like, you know, we're going to... Um, it's, it's a no-frills, it's like a metal venue, it's a no-frills venue, which, so that was like a checkmark, great. That's <laughs> like, that's our wheelhouse, so I'm not going to feel, you know, not at home. And then the follow-up was, it's an early show, so we'll be done by 10. That was the best, like, that was the greatest thing anyone's ever said to me in the history of playing shows, is we'll be done by 10. Because in COVID, everybody said we were going to stick to, like, small bills and start early. And everyone lied. Because <laughs> uh, I'm still seeing, like, 10-act bills that don't start till 9 p.m. Yeah. And it's like, whew, I get tired reading the flyers. <laughs> Uh, so that was amazing, you know, uh, and, and I appreciated that because then we could just be out for the next 30 hours in New York, right. uh, <laughs> after the show. We played Brooklyn once and we got lucky. We were able to park like right in front of the venue, at least on load. And we found like a spot, like a couple blocks away. I don't, I don't remember the venue's name. I don't or if they're even still around, but, uh, the guys I ran with, they had done the year prior, uh, like, an East Coast run. So, like, they had met some people, and, like, someone booked the show for us, because he's, like, a promoter in that area. Or, and uh, so we get there, we're loading in, I'm walking by this this door guy multiple times, loading shit in and out, in and out, walking past him. Finally, we get everything inside the venue, and I'm, like, setting up the merch, and he comes up, he's like, hey, man, and I'm like, what's up? He's like, you got a ticket? And I was like, I was like, what? And he's like, do you have, a, do you got a ticket to get into the show? And I'm like, 
I'm like, dude, like I, I rode here with the band. Like I'm from Iowa. Like I, I'm part of the group. And he's like, yeah, but you don't. If you don't have a ticket, I can't let you in. I'm like, you saw me unload the van. I walked by you like ten <laughs> times. So like he made me sit out in the bar area, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? So like we had to like call the promoter dude to call this guy and be like, yeah, you see the dude that's sitting there? Yeah, yeah, he's part of like the group. He's good to go. It was the only place I've ever experienced that, and it was super weird. The the guy felt bad afterwards, and I, but the entire time I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? That's wild. I mean, that's yeah. Here, I mean, in 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 the cities, like, um, uh, Hex just moved to Brooklyn, but when he lived here, he um, you know, he makes beats, but he didn't do anything in the live show. But he's always with us. No one has ever <laughs> ever not given him a wristband or drink tickets, and he's just around. Like he doesn't ask for it, like even he's just like there with us. Um, well, if you look and, confident and enough, him stuff. I mean, that's the deal. Is yeah. he looks like you know he acts like he's supposed to be there. Um, and that's the secret. Uh, but yeah, that's wild though, to watch somebody and then say, "So uh, you gonna pay?" Yeah, or... like, dude, I I just literally drove the van into the city. Like, why would I do that? You know, and like somewhere like New York too. I don't know. Maybe this is just because I grew up in a small, like a small town, and uh, and I've lived in I've lived in the the Twin Cities for for over a decade. But like, you know, you go to somewhere in New York, like New York, and you just have a moment like, "Fuck, I think a lot of people live here," like. <laughs> You kind of get, you know, like, you get to look around, you're like, I think, I think there's a lot of people here. Uh, and it's such a goofy moment, but you just don't experience that, like, volume. Right. Here. Like, I, I don't know, it's really weird to, like, all of a sudden feel like places I think are crowded here, I have so much space. <laughs> right? Um, it, 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 it's a trip, and it's probably my favorite thing about, like, getting to, getting to play out of state is, like, to be reminded, like that there are still places that are different than where you're from. The internet makes everywhere feel like it's the same city. Right, yeah. And that's a bummer, because then you're reminded, like, oh, no, there are, like, other cultures. <laughs> like, we're not all just saying the same shit on Twitter. <laughs> wow. If Twitter's still around by the time this episode comes if out. Tw- yeah, I hope so. I, I hope know. it I hope it lasts, because, like, I've met so many, like, cool people from DIY Twitter. Like, it'd be a bummer if it just went away. Oh, I yeah. I don't know what I'll, I don't know what I'll do. I have to do my job, is what's going to happen, and that's going to be bad. Yeah, I hope Twitter's still around. But how'd, uh, how'd you la- land that uh, Brooklyn show? Yeah, so we're, we, we're, we're um, looking and trying to line up uh, an East Coast run, and again, before, um, before the personal side of things got, got rough this year, that was kind of the goal for the fall, um, but then Hex moved out to Brooklyn in July from, from Minneapolis. And Jay and I had already been planning to, to go visit him that weekend. And Jay had just gotten, he has this really big um, setup for live shows that takes a few bags to haul. But he had just gotten like a smaller one that now fits in a backpack. Oh, nice. So we could play road shows. So we could play, you know, if there's like a shorter set, we don't want to haul all that gear for, for a short set. Um... And, you know, when we were like, oh, we could just play if we're able, um, I hollered at um, my guy Primrock, who who lives out there. Um, he's part of a group called Shrapnel. Go listen to Shrapnel. Very dope. Um, and go listen to Primrock. He also does his own stuff. Uh, <laughs> all very dope. Um, you know, and I hollered, hollered, hollered at Prim, and it's like, hey, I'm going to be out there this weekend. You know, if, you're, if you know of anything that anybody's got that I can jump on, I'd love to just play. Kind of get that, you know, 
that that foot in the door. Right. Um, get a, get a rep in before trying to see if if we can make the East Coast run work for the spring. Um, and man, he went he went above and beyond because like I really expected like a quick yeah yeah there's something or oh there's not. And and I think I think Prem went looking and and he got connected um, with Lieutenant Headtrip who who runs a, a an indie rap label. Uh, we had the Karma Kids, um, and um, yeah, they like one of his artists was having an album release show, um, and their sound Miles Miles' sound lines up with mine, and it just just made sense, and so they got it all set up, and like, and for 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 Head Trip and and Miles even. Like I knew knew them through Twitter. Like it was a little bit of a leap. Like they don't owe me anything, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I and I appreciate it because I think it we we chopped it up a lot that night and we've talked since. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of people just kind of coming through being good folks, and that's like my favorite thing about um, this indie rap scene is is it's people who like. As long as everyone is acts like a, a not a weirdo. <laughs> And it, and as a genuine human, like people look out for each other when they can, and that's that's really nice. It didn't feel like cutthroat or anything, you know. Yeah, that's awesome that you were able to, you know, get like a, a show like that put together. Um, that you were able, well, that you were able to hop on something that was already like set, rather than just being like, uh, yeah, like I think it can get you on this one, and then just have it be like a just like whack ass set or something that just like yeah, it gets you your foot in the door in 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 the cities in New York City and stuff, but like. One that's a little bit bigger that means a lot more. Well, yeah, I mean, we, cause we talk a lot about like, um, cause you know, when you start playing music, this is I think this is just true of every genre, right? You are like, let me do everything I can, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't make sense, even if it like has no impact. Let me do everything I can, and like, there's some worth to that, but like, you you can't do that forever, right? Both logistically. <laughs> Um, and at some point you gotta start going, okay, I gotta do stuff that just makes sense. Um, and we've scaled back on that a ton. Jay and I have a little list of rules for, for shows we play. And for out of state, right, when you're like new audiences, um, we kind of fall back into that, like anything works. And so I was kind of ready for like, (laughs) all right, are we about to play? Like, who knows what we're about to play? And we might be the very first opener and we play for, you know, six minutes, um, and that's it, you know, and I was like, all right, I'm ready for that, I'm braced, um, so the fact that we got, you know, like, part of a dope lineup on a bill that made sense, at a venue that made sense, that I, like, I hope we play again, um, and got to do, like, a, a real full set, like, that meant a lot, um, you know, there, there were people I, like, knew in the cities back in the day who, like, I knew well, who were, who would be like, all right, I can give you an eight-minute opening slot. Uh, on this like acoustic bill with all of your rap songs, and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." Um, so I'm thankful it wasn't that. Yeah. Now I've seen you live uh, at the Careful Gaze uh, album release show, which shout out to the Careful Gaze dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put on a sick live set for people that haven't seen an okay nice set between you know you and Jay. Like, what can they expect from one of those? Yeah, I mean. Um, so well, you can you can expect for a, a, a glaring height difference. Uh, <laughs> Jay's around around six four, and I am five eight, and so uh, we stand at a distance, so it looks <laughs> looks even. Um, but no, you know, um, there's a there's a, a visual element that Jay adds that 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 I think is just um, something you don't see see everywhere. Um, 
And truthfully, like, <laughs> jokes aside, his height helps because, like, you, there's all these really big ranges of motion um, that I think are, are visually interesting because the way that I rap, like, there are so many words all the time um, that I don't always have, like, a ton of space to, like, be moving like I'd probably like to. Um, and and so it's, it's, it's fun to have him up there. And he's, like, he learned all of the stuff he's doing for my live set because um, we knew we wanted to keep playing together. And so he just, like... He just found a way to do it. Wow. And so, like, he's constantly thinking about, like, he's he's a problem solver. I mean, he really is. He, 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 he sees a problem, and his gut reaction is to find all the ways he can fix it. Um, he thinks about the live set that way, too, right? Like, where does it feel like he's lacking? Where does it feel like um, there's too much focus on him, right? Like, there are some songs he doesn't, like, do drums on because um, he just feels like it's too much of him. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that a lot. And then, and as far as my part, this is, and this is definitely a post uh, COVID thing. Um, in the last couple of years, I've worked really hard um, to get like really for as long, long as I've rapped. This is very shameful. Um, it's only the last couple of years I've worked really hard to get like breath control down and um, have like worked out regularly. And so like adding a lot more movement, adding a lot more um, um, emphasis into things, you know, really working to move beyond just like rapping well right that's always part one for me <laughs> like do the thing people are there to see you do well um and then building on top of that uh my gut reaction is always like i love theatrics um and that's not really a part of who who i am as a person um it's not really a part of uh, who i am in music but um i've slowly tried to find my ways to to do that and hopefully make it engaging yeah. you know um, I really like to scowl at people. I really like hard eye contact with people <laughs> on really angry parts. Uh, and I got to be careful about that. Um, yeah, especially in New York, too. Like, you never know yeah, what's going to happen afterwards. There's a song I have where, where it's got a line that I repeat at the end uh, that is, uh, keep the circle small, I don't fuck with none of y'all. Uh, and I used to make eye contact with people about that, and I don't anymore. I was like, no, we need, mm, no, someone's going to take that personally. <laughs> Because uh, at home, it's people you know, and they're like, is he talking about me right now? And then, uh, uh, yeah, out of state, uh, you just, you're just asking for trouble. So I, I, I keep my head down on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's like, I think it's interesting. I think what we do on stage is, is different than what a lot of people do. Um, and I think it's um, still doing the craft really well. Like, we don't sacrifice um, the the craft of what we do for the sake of, like, spectacle or, or what you see on stage and that's that's really important to to me because mm-hmm. um, first and foremost right i'm a rapper so like i ought to rap good life <laughs> right yeah uh you also do good use of like stage presence like you're, you're going back and forth across that stage uh like p- for people that might follow you on instagram or are going to follow you on instagram uh you posted a couple also on twitter you posted like a couple shots from the Brooklyn set, and you're going back and forth on that stage, which there's some, you know, punk vocalist. I'm not going to name any names, uh, but the name the rhyme with uh, Manon and first name Arker. I don't know, uh, but he kind of just stands there. How did I know that. <laughs> uh, which like takes away from like that that whole like show element where you're actually you know putting in work and, and moving around. Um, but, like, for people that haven't seen you live, definitely go check out OK Nice at the next show. Um, when you played Brooklyn, did you play any of these new songs? No, no, we hadn't uh, We hadn't got those quite down yet. Um, 
and I kind of wanted to, uh, kind of similar to like the, the, the putting the record out of like knowing how personal it is. These are definitely not the songs that I want to do live the first time I have like a, uh, you know, a fuck up in. Um, so, so that those will, those will be in the new year. Okay. Uh, do you have any, any shows lined up coming up or is it just, uh, kind of like just, we'll have to follow and, and find out. Yeah. Gonna have to follow and find out. Um, especially with, uh, with this record coming out, I think there'll be a little bit of a, of a shift in what shows look like. Um, because I wasn't able to do as many as last year as I was hoping after the last record. Whereas now, um, after this one, with, with putting out two, you know, two projects <laughs> in a year, um, shows are kind of the top priority for next year. Um, and hoping, hoping to do some, some, some runs on, on both coasts and then, uh, get some, get some good home games in too. But yeah, yeah give a follow, check them out. I'll be way too annoying about them. <laughs> uh, and then you know it's all it's always a fun question. I don't think I brought this one up recently, but like, you're you're trying to do these runs, trying to do like an East Coast run and and stuff like that. But like, let's say you're able to secure a lineup at whatever venue you want, uh, but you're able to secure the lineup of your choosing. Like, who would you want on that bill with you? Oh man, can I give two answers? You can give as many answers as you want. Okay. So, if I did a straight rap bill, because I'm also going to respect my whole, like, no 10 acts on a bill. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be a hypocrite. So, you're going to go nine. So, if I did <laughs> nine and a half acts, somebody gets four minutes. Uh, four minute opener. Um, if I did, you know, if I did uh, an all rap bill, uh, be myself, Love Ulysses, um, Teddy Faley. There is um, uh, a duo, uh, Brian Hills and Infinity Knives, who are absolutely amazing. And then uh, Shrapnel, which is Curly Castro and Primrock. Um, so they'd be two, two duos, and then uh, Love Ulysses, is Teddy, and, and myself. is kind of a, like, that to me would be an amazing night. Um, if I break my, like, how many is that? It's five. If I go, oh, man, I would never go above five. If I was booking the show, I'd never go above five acts. But if I were to, um, the the homie Andrew um, out of out of Pennsylvania is is very very dope as well, and he is he he's right in there. Um, oh damn it, Darren Sippity too. Uh, Darren would be on there. Well, it sounds like you're doing a fest now. Yeah, now we're getting now I've broken all the rules. Now we're there till two a.m. Uh, yeah, now no, I'm you mad. start at noon with if you're doing the okay night yeah. festival. You start at noon, just run it through all through the day. Yeah, but I'm cutting it, at Darren. Darren just you know, Darren has been laying 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 low lately. That's the only reason. Um, but then on the flip side though, if I could do just like a mix bill, um, Normie would be on there, so swift, just Fuck so yeah. I could watch them. Uh, Normie is so good. Um, uh, uh, Meet Me at the Altar is another band that I'm just obsessed with. Uh, and then Love Ulysses. <laughs> I was honestly, anytime, maybe I gotta take, start taking, taking, uh, Love Office stuff. Cause anytime I get asked questions about bills, I'm like, well, Love Ulysses, of course. It's like, maybe I just assume he's with me, uh, uh, on things. Like they're already part <laughs> of the package deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just there. I no matter what he's, he's, he's around. Um, but yeah, I think, I think playing with honestly any of those, uh, uh, name, name rhyming aside, I think it'd be cool. Like no pressure, like any of those current, like any of those current bands doing, um, doing that a little bit more, uh, aggressive punk, um, 
I'd love to play play a gig with. I just think the I think the energy'd be really really cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, doing an a like a solid mix bill, you peppered in with like whatever like heavier like punk stuff is going on because like yeah like no pressure like we mentioned and then there's Koyo is is also super sick. They they fall in that line between hardcore and like hardcore punk, um, but like any of that would be super sick is. Cause like that's the nice thing about it, it, your sound is yes it's it's a it's a rap artist you're a rap artist but lyricist wise and like everything else you have going on you can fall into any category which can really spice up a bill uh, in, in just the right ways. I think if I get buff, I'm automatically hardcore. I think that's <laughs> the thing they have like, with Coyo when you're like are they hardcore oh, yeah. they're probably well they're hardcore because <laughs> that dude's just really buff right, right. like he's got the got the. Um, Harm's way thing going on, so like that's it's hardcore. Yeah, uh, but you, for now I'm just rap. Like, yeah, you uh, either you either look like the Harm's way singer or you look like uh, you gotta try and look like oh fuck, what's his name? Ah, uh, uh, God, what is it? God's hate the the dude that just like did that massive like yeah. dive into the crowd at Sound and Fury. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that dude's so big. These are your oh options. my god, those are your only options. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that that'd be sick to do a solid mix bill because like I don't know anyone that's listening and you're in the Twin Cities. I know some people have polls with some like hardcore bands. Let's make this shit happen. That'd be fucking tight. Yeah. And that's one that's one thing I too. I'll call I'll call people on because that's kind of like the even more than the we'll keep small bills. People always talk a lot about wanting to to book mix bills, but very few people are actually. Uh, uh, willing or bold enough or whatever to to do it. I don't even have to be honest. Just make a good mixed bill. Right. Um, yeah, because I feel like I, I feel like most people that do mixed bills and like I like I've, I mean, in my past when I booked shows, I feel like I fell in the same lane where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try and do like somewhat of a mixed bill. But at the end of the day, like everyone's still in the same lane or like they're super similar to each other. Whereas like, especially with COVID, everyone was like, yo, let me come back, mixed bills for fucking everyone because everyone wants to play. But I still don't, like, the Careful Gaze show was, I would, like, adding you on there made it more of a mixed bill than, like, it could have been. But there's not a lot of people that are still doing that full integrated mixed bill. Yeah, I mean, and the one thing I've seen when they do is, like, there's, like, a rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's one rapper, and then the rest is all really close. And it just, you know, it, it feels like kind of, like, dipping their toe in to to see but never quite I think you just gotta you gotta just gun it right and just and do it I always uh, I send all my stuff to um, <laughs> I have to send a lot of my stuff to Pure Noise <laughs> I don't ever get a response uh, you know they have a little note that's like we check everything out within a certain amount of time because <laughs> one of these days I think they have a rapper on their roster oh, do on they? their roster like if you look at their roster they've got one and I think my pitch to them is always like you guys probably should go ahead and step it up on that. Be the leaders. Be the leaders in the scene. Go ahead and throw me on. <laughs> I guess I, I guess what you'll have to do is you'll you'll have to start more indie and then just kind of indie labels and just work your way and be like, yo, well, we got something going on here. Get on the train, man. It's your chance. <laughs> it's the move. I'm just and my my only motivation is to play with Knock Loose. Like oh, I, I don't even want to be on yeah. Pure Noise. I just I just want to play a tour with Knock Loose. If that's what I got to do, I'm gonna do it. Uh, I mean, yeah, speaking of mixed bills, I mean, Knock was just in that whole tour with Suicide Boys. Uh, fuck, that's who else right. Was, who else was, I can't remember who else was on there. There was a couple rap, other rappers on that, but, like, they I were, like, the hardest that. ones. Um, 
like that would have been insane to see and it was all like arena shows like bigger venue shows or arena yeah. shows like that would have been insane i i totally forgot about that i mean yeah i mean suicide boys packs it out to my knowledge as well and then yeah knock loose i don't know knock loose fans might uh they might eat me alive. Yeah. They might. They might. They might take Jay, and then I'll never see him. Again. So, so the two times I've seen Knock Loose, they were both in Iowa City at like smaller venues. So like consider like maybe like Station Four ish size uh, for for like the first time I saw them. They were playing with Counterparts and Gideon on like their their co headline tour, or I can't remember who was fully headlining that. But it was Knock Loose's like first big like U S run. And I was sitting there talking with friends, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go pit for this." And I was like, "All right, I'm fucking not like I have fun." <laughs> My buddy came out of the pit with blood on his shirt that wasn't even his, uh, and I was like, "That's fucking insane." And then the next time I saw them, wasn't even was upstairs at the same venue, but a smaller stage. And I can't even think of a venue that I've been to in the Twin Cities that's probably that small. Maybe like, th- maybe like Part Wolf. Like, it was small, but, like, it wasn't as long. So you were really, like, packed in there. And, like, those dudes, everyone went super hard, and it was just insane. And, like, now that they're playing, like, these giant fucking stages, it's just, oh, my God. So many arms swinging, man. I always, you know, I get, um, <laughs> this is going to be, this is very embarrassing. Everyone who's been like, ah, oh, a rapper who likes hardcore is about to turn this off. And that's fine. I respect it. Um, so I was at uh, the Newfound Glory show. <laughs> the the 20 year anniversary of Sticks and Stones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I was in, I was I was a youth when uh, that record came out. It meant a lot to me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to the show. And I go to shows at Fairmount. But it never crosses my mind, like, I'm going to get in the pit. It never, like, right, I'm, I'm 34. I, like... I understand how doctors work now. Like, when you're in your 30s and, like, you break your knee, it also means you're going to have a heart attack. Like, it's just how it works now. Um, But at the Newfound Glory show, I was like, you know what? For Newfound Glory, this is going to be a soft pit. Like, maybe I will. I got very close. I watched all the arms and immediately was like, I'm going to go get another White Claw. Uh, (laughs) So the pit at Newfound Glory was too much for me. Uh, and so, like, I cannot imagine what would happen to me in a bit <laughs> and knock loose. Yeah, I'd die. I think that's yeah. the only option. Uh, probably by choice. <laughs> probably by choice. I'd get in the middle and be like, yeah, I'm done. And just call it. Because, yeah, I don't, I watch some of that now, and it's like, I used to be so fearless with, with that. <laughs> now it's like, woof, those little lanky elbows, those little lanky guys yeah. with those, those sharp elbows. Right? So, so in Iowa, for people that, were in the scene at the same time I was because I don't think they're around fully anymore. There were at a Des Moines there was uh, the Des Moines Hardcore Collective, uh, so it was just a bunch of dudes that loved hardcore and like they had a collective. You could get, you could like I think sign up for like a newsletter maybe and get shirts or some shit. Someone was gonna call me out on that, but I don't give a shit. Uh, they for sure had shirts. Um, but any anyways, like anytime there was a show in Iowa City and there was gonna be a hardcore band, you knew all of those dudes were rolling through. For whoever was playing. So it's... I think Real Friends was headlining a tour with Neck Deep. Uh, they had Cruel Hand on the bill. And I can't remember who the opener was. But it, it, the, the opener was like a soft, like, pop punk band. Sure. I can't remember who. But uh, So that, that band played. 
and all these girls that had been like I remember Real Friends even posted about this show because they were like driving around the venue to like pull in the back to load in and there was someone outside in a lawn chair at like three in the afternoon like waiting for doors to open like way before it was insane but so that first band played they're all good but all these girls in like tie-dye shirts that said neck deep were already up front waiting to go and the crew hand comes up and they're like hey just uh just heads up to and they're like pointing at all these kids in the front and i say by when i say kids i mean like neck deep fans that are like way younger than i was and they're like hey just so y'all know, Neck Deep doesn't play for another 35 minutes, and we're about to play. Have fun. <laughs> they hit that first fucking note, the entire center of, like, the crowd just whoosh, opened up, and all the collective was in there just, like, swinging arms, like, doing their thing. And those girls were so scared. And it was the funniest fucking thing. Oh, my God. I miss those days. <laughs> I just, I, I, especially, yeah, that era of, of real friends, neck deep fans. Yeah. I feel for them. Yeah. I feel for them. That's who I am now. They were very small. Um, that's, yeah. That's, that's a wild, cruel hand on that bill. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, a wild choice. It was so weird, but I loved it so much. And shout out though, having a collective that shows up, because I feel like, I feel like probably the fear with being, like, I, I maybe not, I don't know their popularity at that time, but like. Probably some fear of like who who's gonna be here for us, mm. you know. Um, this is actually dope that there's a collective in the city that's like we're rolling through for the hardcore band that's here, even if the rest of the bill is not that. Yeah, like, like that's, I, that's dope. Like I'm pretty sure most of them left after Cruel Hand, but it was still like there was dudes that like had were there the last time Cruel Hand came through, which I don't remember when that was, but like like those dudes, as as like terrifying as it was to be on the inner like edge of like the circle and have these dudes like just flail at you those dudes rolled out to like any hardcore show that was going on so mad props to them yeah that's sick but yeah uh if any of the dudes from the des moines hardcore collective are still around and you still have shirts i would love to still get one uh just let me know uh but speaking of shirts uh my dude chris if anyone's looking for okay nice merch music or just you in general where can they find it yeah, um, as of right now, all merch at okniceraps.bandcamp.com. Um, it's okaynice, O-K-N-I-C-E, and then raps. Uh, yeah, shirts, hats, especially if you're, like, a fan of the, the, the hardcore aesthetic. I got some gym shorts and some hats that are, uh, that are up your alley. Um, this man, he, he's also not saying that he's got, you know, hoodies. He's got coffee. Who the fuck does coffee nowadays? And this man has got coffee. Yeah. I will a quick break. I even helped like come up with the roast and everything. I didn't just like offload it to somebody. Um, yeah, I've got and I've got like a couple bags of coffee yet. And if you're listening to this in in December, this will probably still be true. Uh, stateside, uh, there's free shipping right now because I did that for a special day for my birthday, and I haven't changed it back yet. And I'm very lazy, so like free shipping off of okaynicewraps.com uh, if you're in the U.S. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm on, uh, for as long as it's around, I'm on Twitter, uh, at OK Nice Raps, uh, TikTok, at OK Nice Raps, um, that's where I do most of my, like, uh, pontificating about, uh, emo and post-hardcore and things like that, and then, uh, on Instagram, OK Nice Raps, um, 
And that's like the most professional place you'll ever find me is on Instagram at this point. Every now and then there's like a dog that shows up, but it's mostly mostly music stuff. Uh, be sure to go pick up everything. Okay, nice. I mean, like you mentioned, Jim Short's hat. He's got vinyl out, which thank you so much for bringing the vinyl through. Um, you know, get all that stuff. Get get it in your hands and and get it in your in your wardrobe or in your collection. Um, also, depending on where you found this episode, where's the Facebook, the Instagrams, the Twitters, uh, hit those hyperlinks and make sure to follow OK Nice on all the streaming plat, the social media platforms uh, to stay up to date and keep an eye out for you know future tour dates, uh, future records, and all that fun stuff. Um, are, are we to expect any music videos for for this EP? I know you've done some in the past. Yeah, I think uh, everything with uh, the song "Can't Fix It" is looking at like. Um a lot of like post-release stuff so uh we yeah we're drop pretty much dropping first and then uh hoping to do a fair amount of visuals in the new year and kind of carry that record through uh into into 2023 uh and hoping to do a lot more like tiktok content with it too um so follow me on there and then uh yeah hopefully you'll see some cool stuff fuck yeah um one last big thank you to chris for taking the time out of his was it tuesday it's fucking tuesday man uh for out of his tuesday for and stopping by the you know the the beers with band studio inside the Charlie Siren Productions house, yeah. uh, and just having a good fucking time drinking some PBRs with me, you know, nothing nothing beats it. Yeah, man. feels like twenty thirteen Charlie <laughs> Siren house PBRs. Right, all uh, about it, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, dude, thank you so much for for coming through. Thank you so much for hitting me up after after everything and letting me know that like, hey, let's fucking do this and sending me the record ahead of time. And, like, it's been a joy to listen to, and I'm I'm really stoked. I'm I'm happy. For you to finally put this out and for everyone to, to check it out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, other than that, like I normally say, if you or anyone you know should be on an episode of Beers of Bands, feel free to shout. I have the email on all the socials. DM me on any of the socials and we'll we'll get it set up and we'll have a good time. Um, other than that, that'll end it. I'll catch everyone on the next episode. See ya. I hear him say, wow, Chris, you look great. I say thanks, I'm a wreck with a really good face It's all filler in my words, I got nothing to say Sounds good enough to be a song you will play Watch the water dripping through the Kimmex Watching time slipping through my fingers Keep my ringer turned to silence See me digging in the cabinets with some Windex Hate the mere reflection, always laughing while it lingers Coping mechanisms from your favorite esthetician Got this anesthetic skincare, numbing with precision Brain is manic till it isn't, then it's panicked in decisions Can't make any choices, so my answer is just dipping I've been cradling in haters, stayed unstable in behavior I've been wasting all good favor, no more taste that I could savor Whiskey in the straighter chat, those where I've been laying at Folks foaming at the mouth, they saying love won't say it back Local rapper ruins everything, don't even play his track Force my brain to conversate, Irish exit, take a nap Change of pace is needed, all my wasted days repeating Rearrange my room so many times, I misplaced my secrets Will never get up off my chest, thinking that it's probably best Clean slate, clean everything, squat till out of breath I exercise but eating right, getting plenty sleep at night They talking like I need advice, puking love and bleeding light Thoughts and prayers, thanks so much, now I'm playing, please shut up Trying to reach for me, I was, but he ain't good with keeping touch Down or at the happy hour, anxious in the target aisle Self-portrait problem child, hopes you sit and talk a while Awkward smile on a tree
train faces in my bag. Got this half rotten fruit, the only food I thought to grab.